Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Grassroots Marketing. Each episode curates thought-provoking dialogue with an exclusive class of thought leaders who will offer high-end roundtable business strategies and solutions that seek to prune and harvest great ideas in each 30-minute episode. Thought leaders in the cannabis industry convene here to share some of their best practices and protocols. Let's chart the growth of this burgeoning industry, one of the world's premier cash crops, right now on Grassroots Marketing. Aloha, everybody, and thank you for joining us. My name is Calico Castile. I am the brand strategist here at CannabisRadio.com, and welcome to Grassroots Marketing. Today on our show, we're going to be chatting with Adelia Carrillo, the founder and CEO of Direct Cannabis Network. She has her roots built in the consumer electronic industry with a background in business development and sales and marketing. So she's the perfect subject to have on the Grassroots Marketing Podcast to chat a little bit about some ways that people who are getting into the cannabis industry can help grow their businesses, even in this era when most of us are startups. So Adelia, thank you so much for taking some time and for joining us on the Grassroots Marketing Podcast today. Thank you, Coleco, for having me. Um, it is an honor to be joining you today. I appreciate it. So, you know, I think we originally had ran into each other at um, one of the various events that uh, happened throughout the year. I think it was in LA, the Cannabis World Congress and Business Expo. And, you know, I think at that point, you know, you guys were still, you know, pretty early on in your guys's, um, you know, your start in the industry. So I'd love to hear just kind of how long you've been doing Direct Cannabis Network. Yeah. So, Direct Cannabis Network actually um, was evolved in January of 2015. However, we didn't launch until July of 2015 as our alpha. Um, I stayed our alpha because it was really a test of seeing if what our idea was of Direct Cannabis Network would be needed in the industry. Um, also to see if we as, as a team were the right fit to make this happen. Um, and then of course we understood that launching a startup, you're going to go through some many growing pains. And so we wanted to just, you know, test it out and see if this was the right path for us. Um, after that year, we kind of took a step back, met with many of the clients, um, that we have been working with and reached out to them and just said, we would like to learn some advice of where we made some mistakes, what we did well, and how can we do this better? Um, so it was a great experience in that realm of it. We actually rebranded 
and made our voice a lot stronger and clearer and officially relaunched into the industry in July of 2015. Yeah, so our current logo is actually the the logo that uh, we rebranded to and it, it's been a great response that we've had from everyone. There's no doubt that you guys have uh, been doing a lot of work re- recently. I see you guys all over the place hustling. And, um, you know, I definitely want to take the opportunity in, in this interview to kind of get a little bit more background on yourself. Obviously, you know, a lot of um, a lot of interviews in the, in the world are turned into just kind of direct pitches for, for companies. So we don't want to make it so much that. But I definitely want to kind of dive into a little bit of, you know, who you are and how you came into this industry and ultimately the perspective that you're bringing to the industry. So I'd love to kind of, you know, maybe hear a little bit about your background in the consumer electronic industry um, and, you know, your background in business development, which is obviously skills that you're bringing into the cannabis industry and being able to, um, you know, put into the direct cannabis network. But, you know, what what was like your first job in the consumer electronic industry? What was it that you actually did? I actually started Skinit as an admin. So it was doing just a lot of data entry. The job came of came out of the whim and I decided, you know, let's try this. It's something new. It's something I've never went into before. And so I took a job with this company called Skin It, um, which was a customization uh, type of company for electronic devices. And I just build my career up within that company. Um, you know, I moved from a admin to, you know, a sales representative and then moved up to sales and management and then began helping with the B2B side of the in their company uh, and working with those clients. And so it was great to see the growth and it was really great to actually experience, you know, starting from a more data entry position to going into the management and business development aspect. Um, I got to see how it was within a bigger startup. You know, they were established, they were doing well, but they still had growing pains and were um, in the later stages of a startup um, position. And so that was really when I began, when I realized that I had a love for technology and innovation Um and being able to work with, you know, Fortune 500 companies such as Audiovox, Universal Electronics, Red Bull, um, companies of, of that uh, nature. Um, so that really developed who I was at, and my experience as a, a professional. That's awesome. So I hear like being able to kind of build yourself up within that organization and obviously developed a lot of skills. Um, was the D- was DCN your first like entrepreneurial venture? No, it actually wasn't. Um, so going into I going into that, you know, I actually had some health issues. Uh, so this actually, this venture actually coincides with, with the beginning of direct cannabis network. Um, at the end of my career with uh, the consumer electronic industry, I actually had some health issues and, um, had to have an emergency surgery, which then after surgery, you are prescribed, um, pretty intense, you know, medicine, um, that didn't work. So my fiance introduced medical cannabis and, during that time as well, because of my health, we did not want, or I did not want myself to go back into such a high stress, uh, busy job. And so I decided, you know, let me go and do something that I, that makes me happy, that I'm passionate about and that I could, you know, grow and not be, um, not stress myself out as much. Uh, but that turned into launching a, a business in event planning. So I launched my first company, which was Lillian Rose, and we did event planning and floral design. And it was great. You know, it, it really had me 
develop an understanding of what a startup business is to a certain extent. And I think that experience did help me evolve and taught me a lot of things that I didn't know uh, in what it took to run a business. So Lillian Rose turned into a a great opportunity, um, but also through that journey, you know, I started wanting to learn more about cannabis and and the medicinal aspect. And um, then came the the turning point when, you know, I wanted to be more involved in the cannabis industry. And so then eventually I had to close Lillian Rose. And now I tell people I left one flower industry for another. No doubt about it. That's <laughs> awesome. That's a really cool story. Um, I'm kind of curious when you were doing Lillian Rose as like the first kind of entrepreneurial venture, maybe what's, what are what's one lesson that you had learned during that um, experience that you didn't really, you weren't prepared for, or maybe you hadn't really thought all the way through prior to starting that first um, business of your own? Oh goodness. That's an easy one. Overhead and, and just finances. You know, I wanted to help people. I wanted to make their events beautiful, but it was really hard. Uh, it was a hard learning experience, understanding, um, you know, overhead costs and how to monetize and make revenue and, and build up a profitable company. So that was the biggest lesson. And it honestly took me a very long time to learn how to actually make a revenue, um, for the company. Um, so, I'm glad I did go through that because now I'm in the right path for Direct Cannabis Network. But that was the hardest thing. Absolutely, you know, I, I you know, having started a business um, myself before, I definitely understand that. Like, you know, when you're going into your first venture, you you try to you know dot all your I's and cross all your T's and make sure you have everything strategically laid out. But there's just it's nearly impossible to really. Um, understand how things are going to, you know, unfold until you're Mm -hmm. actually in the business. So I'm always super interested in learning from people as to like, kind of, you know, what their frame of mind was before starting the business. And then those kind of key moments in which they're like, oh, you know, that's where, that's where I went wrong. And so Mm -hmm. it's always super interesting because I think, you know, that makes us into, you know, better business operators. And obviously now, you know, getting into DCN and into a new entrepreneurial venture and, you know, starting to raise money, I can imagine that, you know, there's a lot, even other than that, a lot of lessons that you were able to take into the cannabis industry. And so I'm kind of, um, you know, I'm kind of curious as a follow-up to that first question about lessons learned, you know, what are some lessons um, that you have learned getting into the cannabis industry that even despite all of these sort of research you guys were doing within your beta period, what have you learned since then that you wish people would, um, would have some sort of idea about before jumping into the industry? I guess I would state, you know, one of the things that I wasn't used to was the, I guess, organizational aspect, you know, the amount of time sometimes people take when replying to an email or, you know, there's not a lot of processes in the the industry or, um, so that's a great question. Uh, one of the things that I realized when I first jumped into the industry was that it took a while for people to answer emails or the response time um, had a delay or the organizational aspect and structure is was still being developed. Um, coming from, you know, the consumer electronic industry and then my own business, I would have processes and strategies and, and things that would happen to, you know, build a company. Um, so here it was really building those foundations and kind of understanding that it's not that people want to delay in replying, but it's just our industry is so fast paced that we are all doing a lot of things at once. And we are a little bit overwhelmed and um, behind on emails or phone calls. So 
at first I thought it was more of, wow, these people are not getting, you know, replying to me in a timely manner. But in reality, it was like, well, because they have a lot going on. And and now I'm in that boat where I'm like, I I try to reply back to people pretty quickly. Um, But again, this is such a fast paced industry that, you know, it's, it's hard to not get overwhelmed with that. So with that, um, my best piece of advice that I would want to share with everybody is, you know, don't let the industry rush you. Take time in building your business. You know, it's not going anywhere. You want to come out right. You want to do your due diligence and you want to come out strong knowing what your business is and um, the voice that you are trying to build within the industry. I think that's that's a really great lesson. And I often tell people getting into the industry is a lot like drinking from a fire hydrant. Like things are so fast paced. There's always just an, an onslaught of information and of things to do and new opportunities. So I can totally um, see see that um, that perspective. You know, I definitely have, you know, in just the last couple minutes that we have here on the podcast today, I'd love to ask you, you know, something about marketing, you know, working from, you know, your first entrepreneurial vendor or sorry, venture with Lillian Rose. And then now with DCN, I'd imagine that you haven't always had a dedicated marketing budget. So what are some things that you've done with no money that people who are just getting into the industry can apply maybe to their startup business when they're trying to get their work, their name out in the, within the industry? Yeah. So I would state, you know, just contacting people, seeing if there's ways that you can do a trade of services. Um, some tools that I use is Canva. Um, you know, even to this day, we we are fundraising, so we our budget is um, is is kind of set on where we're spending things. But Canva has helped us with creating the the you know the promotional uh, imagery and and headers for for a lot of our social media advertising for our article headers and and even for some of the promotional things in our newsletter. Um, so yeah, it's just utilizing Canva, reaching out to people and seeing if there's a way you guys can work together to grow your voice um, and just putting yourself out there and networking and applying for speaker opportunities at conferences if you feel there is a uh, an educational aspect or some sort of knowledge that you can offer to the industry and make yourself heard. You know, thought leadership and a brand behind you can also help elevate your your business. I think that's that's definitely great advice. I think like, you know, just pounding the pavement and ultimately, like you said, focusing on networking. I think this is an industry where, you know, it's such small circles. People really don't quite get it because, you know, you, you watch a CNN piece and you see Sanjay Gupta talking about this big industry that's developing. People think it's really large, but I think, you know, those of us within the industry really kind of understand how small the circles are. So really it's, you know, half the battle is just showing up and kind of having that persistency and kind of working through, you know, the the quirks, even with people not answering emails in a timely fashion, because we're, we're all so busy. It's just about, you know, persistency. And, you know, I th- definitely think that we live in a special age where, you know, um, whether it's platforms like DCN or Cannabis Radio, we're able to reach people digitally. And that, you know, the cost of doing that sort of stuff and having a social media or a basic content strategy is, you know, a super easy way for people with very little money to make sure that they're getting the word out. So, mm. you know, I, def- I can definitely um, see that as well. Yep, I agree. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of, of cohesive energy with both of our platforms and digital media is is very helpful. We can go global pretty quickly uh, if we, you know, network and and get our voice heard. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Adelia, I really appreciate you coming on what is actually my first recording for the Grassroots Marketing Podcast here on Cannabis Radio. Um, we definitely 
loved learning a little bit more about your background. But, you know, for people who want to learn a little bit more about Direct Cannabis Network, um, where can they find you? First off, congratulations on this first podcast. I, I, again, appreciate being on here. And you guys can find us on www.directcannabisnetwork.com. Awesome. Well, once again, we're talking with Adelia Carrillo, founder and CEO of the Direct Cannabis Network. You can check them out online as well as on the socials. I know they're staying very active even on Facebook Live. I saw you guys had an interview up there today. So, you know, you guys are always putting out content. Be sure to check them out. And uh, Adelia, we really appreciate you taking some time today. Thank you guys so much. Awesome. Thank you. We need to take a break, but when we come right back, we'll be sure to have another great interview here on Grass. Grassroots Marketing on CannabisRadio.com. Grassroots Marketing will return after we generate traffic to our generous sponsors. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents the newest and greatest podcast in the galaxy, The Real Dirt with Chip Baker, your insider industry connection to accurate and entertaining information about cannabis technology, production, cultivation, and everything in between. Rolling joints and dropping knowledge about cannabis technology, production, cultivation, and everything in between. The future of legal cannabis has arrived, and we want to give you The Real Dirt with Chip Baker. Look for new episodes at CannabisRadio.com, TheRealDirt.com, or subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and (sighs) iHeartRadio. Cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase. And it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. Pay quick. The safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. We're back with more motivating marijuana monetization insights on grassroots marketing. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Aloha, everybody, and welcome back. My name is Calico Castile, and you're listening to the Grassroots Marketing Podcast on CannabisRadio.com. Today on our show, I'm going to be talking to Alexa DeVette of the Uplift Marketing Lab, who has some new social modules that she's using for people in the cannabis industry so they can get comfortable using social media um, to push their brand. So, Alexa, thank you so much for joining us on the Grassroots Marketing Podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real honor to be here with you. We well, appreciate it. We definitely appreciate you making some time. And so, Alexa, why don't we just kind of orient our listeners a little bit? I'd love to get a little bit of your background. I know that you've worked with some cannabis brands in the past. I know you were based out of Portland. But why don't you kind of explain to people exactly how it is you got into the industry and maybe um, the first kind of um, jobs that you took when you first kind of got into the industry? Sure. So um, sometimes or oftentimes I will say that I've been in cannabis longer than I would have told my parents before it was okay. (laughs) Um, 
So I've been in the cannabis family for many, many years. Um, I've been a medical grower for the last eight years. And I also went to college for public relations and have a background in digital marketing. So about three or four years ago, when dispensaries were um, becoming legal in Oregon and the medical program was really becoming more than just, you know, growing for your friend who has some sort of ailment or growing for yourself, I saw a unique and incredible opportunity to blend my passion for cannabis and medical marijuana with my background as a public relations professional and a digital marketer. So it was one of those, you know, dream moments when you get to kind of blend careers and a light bulb went off and I saw that there would probably be a pretty big need for some business coaching and marketing strategy. And I also, I forgot to say that I also have a coaching certificate through the International Coaching Federation to be a business coach. So, oh wow, you know, yeah. So all these things were like, oh my goodness, I'm so lucky. Let's do this. <laughs> totally, totally. So, you know, that, you know, it's awesome to hear about your background kind of in PR and marketing. And, you know, I think kind of in this phase that we're currently in, I feel like a lot of people within the industry really kind of put a lot of focus on PR. Um, when it comes to kind of the marketing side of things, I feel like a lot of people are actually enlisting the use of public relations companies to kind of come in and help them tell their story. Um, so maybe what are some things from your PR background um, that you could kind of, or that maybe you brought in and when, when you first started working with clients, maybe some things that you kind of told them about how they could um, tell their story or really get their brand message out. Yeah, so that's, I'm so glad you asked because that's something that I talk about a lot. And in the beginning, you know, three years ago, or is it, I don't even know, maybe four years ago now, it was news when a dispensary opened in Portland, you know. So my big client, Pure Green Dispensary, we got KGW uh, News TV and the Oregonian down there on their grand opening and, you know, all these amazing press spots and really, really great publicity because they had a unique story in that they were opening um, one of the first dispensaries in Portland in the building that was one of the first liquor stores to sell liquor after the end of Prohibition. Wow. So it was a PR girl's dream. I was right. like, you guys just gave me a really easy pitch. Right. Fast forward three or four years later, a dispensary opening in Oregon is no longer news, right? right. That's just, that happens all the time. Um, and so nowadays... I find that we have to get really, really creative. And one thing that I really coach about is using community service as a public relations tool. A lot of, yeah, because there's a huge opportunity to serve the community. And what it does, there's kind of, you know, a multifaceted benefit to that. So one is that you position yourself as someone who cares, and that's really great for maybe community members who aren't so sure about cannabis yet and, you know, were concerned about security and crime and all these kind of things that we've proven, you know, to mm-hmm. not be a worry. And then secondly, you're enabling the journalists who cover cannabis to have a unique angle that's not just, oh, this shop closed, this shop opened, this person sells flowers, this person makes edibles, Um, you give journalists a reason to notice you and you give them something that's unique that they can take back to their editors. 
And then the third thing is kind of new since November, and we'll try not to go too far down that path, but we're in a place in history right now where people are motivated and people are coming together and they're working really hard for whatever it is they believe in. And cannabis has a real opportunity to be on the forefront of the resistance and to really help with these different issues, whether it's access to healthcare for, you know, kids who are told they'd never stop having a hundred seizures a day, or it's tax revenue for struggling communities, whatever it is, when you look into cannabis more closely, I would say that 99% of the time there's a positive thing happening, you know, and in any industry, there's going to be shade balls and scammers or whatever, but cannabis has such incredible, amazing things happening and of course, over the years, the narrative have, has changed from, you know, this like pothead kind of drug user thing to mainstream. But we have an opportunity to continue creating a narrative around community service and caring about each other mm-hmm. and fighting for what we believe in. And I think that that is one of the best ways to get the journalists and the you know publications to take notice of you. You know, I really appreciate you uh, kind of mentioning that because I think um, that's something that really doesn't cost a lot of money that people can do that also like not only helps from the PR angle, but just helps kind of ingratiate themselves with the community that you're in. Right. So like we, you know, I started a dispensary in Portland and for a small period of time when we were open, you know, we did things like clothing drives during the winter or, you know, participated in the KGW toy drive, things like that to where you really are able to kind of get out into the community, go door to door, let them know that, you know, you exist and that you're not doing, you're not just selling weed in their community, right. That you actually are becoming a member of the community. And that kind of does open up, you know, the opportunity to where you're pitching, you know, a news story that it isn't, like you said, just opening a store or closing a store, but actually, you know, getting that human interest story and how, um, you know, the community is really coming together around your dispensary or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. Agreed. And I think that another amazing thing that's happening in this incredibly tumultuous and stressful moment in our world's history is that people need a reprieve, right? From the mm-hmm. stress. So they, we're all looking for a feel good story, you know, <laughs> something sure. to cut through the clutter of despair and say, okay, you know what? This feels really good. We are working together. We're affecting change and the journalists are humans and they want that too. You know, it can't just be doom and gloom all the time. So I think that there's an amazing opportunity for cannabis to not just write their own narrative by using community service, but also to do what should feel good for everyone. And that's getting out there and being part of a solution. Absolutely. You know, let's kind of um, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about how you've used your your background in PR and how that ultimately kind of relates to social media. And I think being able to kind of use social media as a PR tool for people who aren't necessarily able to engage a PR company and actually pay for something that they can really use kind of social media as the tool to get that story out there uh, into the community. I'd love to kind of hear um, a little bit more. Let's start by just kind of talking about this new social modules that you're working on, and then maybe we can kind of dive into a few of the details about it. Yeah, so just quickly, I mean, in 2017, PR does not function without social media. I mean, it is 
the key to getting your social or to getting your public relations and all of your messaging out there. So we no longer have to rely on just journalists, right? We can be in control of our message through channels, you know, like Facebook and things like that, where we get to say, hey, here's, you know, a picture of our bud tenders, let's say, doing this clothing drive. And, you know, then you get to really relate to the community that you're wanting to serve as much as you are helping the community that you are in. So let me break that down a little more. So when you identify your target audience, whatever that may be, um, and you can start to say, okay, so this is what's important to my target audience. Look at that. That's also important to me. So how can I create a campaign, whether it's an awareness campaign or a campaign that leads into, you know, promotions and sales and specials that sets my business apart? from all the other businesses and really cuts through the noise. Mm -hmm. And so I coach on this a lot and I didn't just make this up. I mean, I learned this through my gurus and the social media examiner and all these other, you know, really smart markets that when you're using social, you want to be very mindful not to only be posting products, promotions, sales, and specials. Mm -hmm. Not only does that create ad blindness is what I call it, ad blindness, ad deafness, so your people go blind and deaf to your promotions after a while. But in the case of Instagram and Facebook, it's certainly one of the red flags and a way to get your account shut down. So if you're only posting pictures of products with pricing, generally that's a red flag. So instead, when you mix it up, and I teach a 70-30 rule, so 70% useful, informative, community-centered content, and 30% sales, promotions, and specials. What you do is you create a dialogue with your audience and you create a human effect to your business. So you're not just out there selling, selling, selling. You're also creating this dialogue where you get to, A, control the narrative. So you can say that this is what's really important to us. We know this is really important to you, you know, in a, in a city, in a state, in an industry that's getting highly competitive when you have lots of choices. I know for me, I'm going to spend my dollars at a company or within a store that is aligned with my values. And so social is one of the greatest ways to get that message out and one of the greatest ways to build that dialogue with your audience. And that's something that I really, really teach a lot. I mean, you could say I kind of harp on it because I see people getting into this kind of used car salesman thing where it's just like, mm -hmm. oh my God, sell flowers, concentrates, flower, you know, and it's like, okay, what else do you do? Who are you? Why should I shop here? And so social is a number one public relations tool. It's super, super important. It's free, although it's not when it comes down to your time you spend. Sure. But, you know, public relations professionals are, are very expensive and rightly so. I mean, they're really good at their jobs in most cases. This is an opportunity to create your narrative and use social easily from, you know, your office every day. So that's kind of my first thing about that. And then the modules, so they're ready to go and they're in the marketplace and it's called the Social Media Mastery Course. And it's about nine different modules within the course. And we start with the fundamentals. So how to define your unique selling proposition, which I call your unique awesomeness, because unique selling proposition like is really boring, right? Sure. Eyes roll back in your head. You're like, oh, God, selling. Yeah. Um, unique awesomeness. And then we do something around customer avatars. So I ask my, um, my clients and my tribe to 
think about the different kinds of customers that walk through their doors or purchase their products and make little avatars about them. So you can create campaigns. So let's say that Susie Q is a 45-year-old woman and she's a corporate lady and, you know, Cheryl Schumann would call her a stiletto stoner. And so she's going to have a different voice and want different things than maybe, you know, Jim, who's a 22-year-old college kid, right? So that's a big foundation to this module, to this course, is that first we start by identifying why you're unique and awesome, who your customers are, we develop your brand voice. So then we can go in and tackle the big things like how to use content to beef up your social, how to email marketing, how to make it so you don't get your account shut down, how to invigorate your audience to come and spend their hard-earned dollars in your store. If you don't know your foundations, you're not going to really know how to create these social campaigns and how to create this really important narrative that inspires your customers and your prospects and your patients to come and do business with you. Now, I like that. I definitely I see the being able to or the need to um, identify exactly who your target customer profile is. And like you said, being able to find ultimately your brand voice, which is going to lead you being able to um, communicate in those specific social channels in a way that's consistent with how you interact with them in any other sort of um, channel. Definitely. And in the course, there's all these kind of tips and tricks and techniques. And it's not just theory. There, It's all different videos where I do what's called screencast videos. So I take a recording of my computer screen and physically walk someone through exactly what it takes to do all these things. So, you know, we've all done courses where it's like, okay, this is so much theory and it's great, but how do I practice? What's the practical application? Sure. Like, how do I actually do this? So in the um, separate modules, there's, you know, handouts and PDFs and whatnot, but there's also this video training. So I literally take your hand and walk you through step-by-step exactly what it takes to do all the things that I'm teaching you. And what I like to say is that this then becomes part of your marketing library and remains in your arsenal for the life of your business. So if your amazing bud tender who handles your social media moves on to another opportunity, he or she doesn't walk out the door with all of your strategy and all of your secrets and all of your stuff. And Likewise, when the new person comes in, you don't have to spend your precious time as a business owner training that person. You just hand them this training, hand them the you know course, and make sure they don't have any questions. And then they're on their way to doing it properly. And you can go back to building your business, which is what business owners should be doing, right? And so what it does is it frees up a lot of time for business owners. And it also is a lot more affordable than hiring a marketing firm to handle all your social media. Sure. So that's why I created it, because I have so many friends in this industry who are bootstrapping it. I mean, we really, most of us are. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? I, I definitely... <laughs> I definitely get that vibe from a lot of people in the industry and just kind of the stage we're at is very much a bootstrap startup phase, which is definitely why I wanted to make sure that you were able to get on the Grassroots Marketing Podcast and chat a little bit with our audience about these um, Uplift Marketing Lab social modules. Because um, I definitely think that like people, when you're trying to get the get the word out or really get the brand message across without having a lot of money, the social media is like the best bang for its buck. And like you said, it costs a little bit of time and labor, but I think being able to have access to something like these modules where like you say like that sort of 
standard operating procedure around social media last even if your brand manager or your social media manager goes away. That's stuff that you can continue on and continue to build on. So, you know, for people who are listening who would be interested in learning a little bit more about Uplift Marketing Lab, how do they get in contact with you? How do they look into the social module? You know, how can they interact and ultimately um, get some more information? Um, well, the first thing they can do is I created a free, um, what I call a webinar, but I'm actually maybe going to change the title of that because what I'm learning is that people don't always understand exactly what a webinar is. And that's totally great. What a Mm -hmm. webinar is, it's just an online, um, kind of seminar. And so what I've done is I've created this hour long masterclass. That's now what I'm calling it. And it's all about social. So it's the best of the best content that I've taken from the last three conferences that I spoke at. So I spoke at the collaborative conference last week. I spoke at the NCIA Canada Business Summit last summer. And I spoke at the Dispensary Next conference last year. And I did social media talks at all of them. And I came home and was like, okay, let's break this down and create this free training for everyone so they can get indoctrinated to me and learn more about my style and really get tons and tons of value even before I ask them for the sale. Because I think that goes into what I'm talking about with that 70-30, useful, informative content and 30% sales and promotions. We can't just be used car salesmen, right? You've got to provide value. Absolutely. so, yeah. so sorry, we're, we're running out of time, Alexa. No I'm so sorry. But I just want to make sure that people have your contact info or able yep. to get in contact or at least be able to get into the social modules. So where yeah. can they check you out? Should, is it best to go on social media or should they go to the Uplift Marketing Lab website? Yeah, so I think the best thing to do is just go to my homepage, which is alexadevet.com. And from there, I have a free social media cheat sheet, which you can download. And then all of the information about the masterclass will come out through an email um, little segment series that I have. The URL straight awesome. to the webinar is a little bit long. So I think the best thing is just to hit, hit up my homepage or shoot me an email, alexa at alexadevet.com. And I'm totally here for everyone. I can't, you know, I'm here to help everyone. And I think it's just great to work together. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it. And we appreciate you helping us. Thank you so much for taking some time for us today on the Grassroots Marketing Podcast. And until next time, everyone, we'll talk to you later. Thanks so much. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret. 
and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.